Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10x points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we are answering your listener questions. Yeah, Joel, it's one of those episodes where we get to hear directly from our listeners and we get to answer some of their questions. A few that we have this week, we're going to take one about an app that allows you to invest in different startups. We're going to answer a question regarding uh, a fixed rate versus a variable rate uh, when it comes to student loans. And then we're also going to take a question as to why some homeowners are seeing their insurance rates skyrocket, uh, as well as what to do about those increased rates as well. And plus, then we've got two other questions as well, man. Yeah, if my homeowner's insurance rates go up, I'm walking. I'm leaving. I'm going to burn that house down. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, you can't do that. That's uh, homeowner's fraud. Yeah, don't do that. That's insurance (laughs) fraud. Don't do that. Yeah. Yeah, not a good idea. But uh, yeah, some good questions lined up. Some kind of unique questions, I think, too, today on the show, Matt. But before we get to those, I wanted to mention really quickly that uh, Acorns, which is uh, an app that we've talked about on the show before, which kind of helps people save more money. It kind of rounds up your spending and then siphons off an almost indecipherable amount of your money uh, into a savings account so, so that you can develop savings much quicker than you otherwise normally would. Well, they've just launched something called Acorns Early. And basically what they're trying to do with this is help you save and invest for your children in a similar fashion. And I just think that's so cool, Matt, that Acorns is launching this. And it does cost five bucks a month in order to have one of these accounts to start investing for your kid early. But the cool thing is if you had a baby 
in 2020, you qualify for a free Acorns family plan until your child turns 18. So I don't know the math on that right off the top of my head, but $5 a month times 12 months times 18 years. That's a lot of free Acorns early account time, right? <laughs> I thought you were going to say you didn't know the math of how many free years that meant you had. And I was going to say 18. No, it's 18 free years, <laughs> but how many months overall? That's math that's beyond my pay grade. Right. Yeah. But it's worth pointing out too that there are other uh, brokerages and banks out there that offer accounts for kids for free. However, what's kind of special about this Acorns early account is they, they seem to be focusing on some of that personal finance education, right? Uh, I saw that if you, when you sign up, you get like a, a couple free books uh, <laughs> to teach kids you know, different lessons. It's sort of like uh, The Little Red Hen, but with money instead. <laughs> you know The Little Red Hen? Yeah. yeah. It's a classic, great book, but just different ways to teach kids and connect with them about how saving works and how you know interest works, how compounding interest works. It really does seem like that they're committed uh, to partnering with parents when it comes to raising your kids to be financially savvy. Yeah. And I know that's a question that comes up quite a bit for, for from our listeners, from you know, most Americans, how do I teach my kids to to handle money well? And having something like Acorns Early, that service, where not only are you investing for their future, but you're also at the same time helping them with financial literacy tools that are going to benefit them in the long run. Uh, that's kind of a nice little pairing, right? Even though it does cost that five bucks a month. I agree. I think having uh, both of those things simultaneously, actually doing the savings, and then having Acorns as a partner, essentially, uh, helping you teach your kids about money and how to handle it well is, is pretty great. Yeah. And the fact that it's free, definitely worth signing up, even if you're not totally sure what you want to do with that account yet, right? You know, you may not even have a need for uh, an account for your kids, but because it is free, it doesn't hurt to go ahead and sign up and you can even sit on that account until you find yourself in a position uh, where it is necessary. It's sort of like the fact that I signed us up for TikTok, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case. <laughs> just in case. I mean, I feel that way about a lot of the news, different social media accounts. You just didn't when want somebody grabbing that how to money handle on TikTok? Well, I waited too late. Somebody already did. Oh, like, no. like some kid has how to money. So <laughs> I had to get how to money pod. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm not totally sure if we're ever going to use that account and you know what that would look like. But I wanted to go ahead and make that happen just in case we do want to use that in the future. It never hurts to go ahead and sign up for another account. Go ahead and reserve your spot now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and if that TikTok squatter wants to hand us back regular how to money, we'll take it. Yeah, well, we can reach out to him. <laughs> Even though we'll probably never use it. Yeah, <laughs> All right, Matt. Well, uh, let's mention the beer that we're having on the show today. We're drinking a beer called Berry Salty by Talisman Brewing Company. Big thanks to listener Andy for donating this one to the show. We'll uh, give our thoughts on this raspberry goza at the end of this episode. That's right, Joel. And, and again, this is a listener questions episode. And so we wanted to make sure our listeners know that they can submit their own questions uh, on our website at howtomoney.com forward slash ask. There you can find the simple instructions on how you can send us a voice memo. And we appreciate all of our listeners who, who send in their questions. And if you have a good one for us, we would love to hear from you. And so, Joel, let's go ahead and take our first question this episode. Hey, Matt and Joel, this is Zach from Atlanta, fellow ATL resident and fellow fan of Monday Night Brewing. Hey, so my question is regarding fixed rate versus variable rate loan refinancing, specifically for my student loan. So I know the best advice usually uh, is to go with a fixed rate refinance because interest rates have been historically very low lately and it's less risk to have a fixed rate. However, uh, since the chairman of the Fed recently committed to keeping interest rates very low for the next two years in light of the pandemic and whatnot, 
Uh, I'm wondering if it would be more prudent to actually refinance with a variable rate since I could count on that rate staying pretty low the next couple years, especially if I try to pay off this thing in the next few years. So yeah, I'm just wondering if you guys' thoughts have changed on that at all. So thank you, and thank you guys for the show. I really appreciate all the advice. Uh, you guys have motivated me to recently buy a house here in Atlanta and pursue house hacking. So yeah, really thankful. Keep it up, guys. Zach, your house hacking? Oh my gosh, I love it. Yes. Love hearing that. <laughs> it's like seriously one of the number one ways to, to jumpstart your wealth building by massively lowering the amount of money outgoing every month towards like what you pay to live somewhere and owning that home and renting out parts of it to people for years to come. Man, that's going to be a big head start to, to Zach and building his finances in a positive direction. Yeah, not only is he possibly lowering his expenses significantly, but he might even be making some every single month on top of you know what he's paying towards his mortgage. So yeah, that's great. when house hacking... It, it, it reaches a, just like the perfect level possible if you're actually making money to live in a place. It's like house hacking nirvana. <laughs> <laughs> and then Zach also, great job on supporting an amazing local craft brewery. Monday night, man, they rule. The day that actually that we're recording this, uh, they are releasing another one of their special hop hut IPAs. And Joel, you and I, we went in on one. Uh, one of us needs to go pick that up in the next few days. Yeah, we do. It's going to be a good one, though. I'm excited. And the beers have gotten so good. Yeah. Yeah, we love Monday night. But Zach, on to your question about fixed rate or floating rate student loan refinancing. Uh, well, you make an astute observation first. Like Matt and I were typically fans of, of fixed rates for mortgages and for student loans. We have been over the past few years in particular because we've basically been at historically low rates and we're still at historically low rates. But for some people, it actually does make more sense right now to have a floating rate instead of a fixed rate. And so, yeah, let's talk about why that's the case and who that applies to. Refinancing into a variable rate makes more sense for your situation in particular because of the Fed's decision to keep rates low for the next couple of years, which is kind of uncommon to have that signal. Yeah, for them to announce that and say that this is what we're going to do. Because you know what? If they go back on what they said, they're going to get a lot of crap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it just really helps people out when it comes to planning and how they're going to organize their debt, which is Zach's question, right? And it's just such a sweet advantage to be able to know and count on the fact that that floating rate is going to stay low for at least a few years. Yeah, and Zach, this could be an especially great decision for you because you mentioned that uh, you want to pay this loan off in the next few years, right? We wouldn't normally recommend a floating rate for someone who you know might take you know eight or twelve years to pay off their student loan. But Zach, it sounds like you can really get after it in, in short order. So a floating rate, a variable rate for you, it's going to be a solid move, and it'll mean that you'll be able to pay less in interest overall, which is a huge win. Yeah, so much of it comes down to time frame as to whether you're choosing something that's variable or, or a rate that's floating when it comes to the mortgage you're choosing or when you're considering a home equity line of credit versus a home equity loan. In a short time frame with kind of the Fed telegraphing what they're going to do means that a floating rate is, is a better idea for a lot of people right now. And Zach, also too, it's, it's really important to mention and for anybody else with a student loan that federal student loan payments are essentially on hi hiatus in, until October. And so if you are refinancing a federal student loan, you're going to lose that benefit and you're going to need to start paying on it pretty quickly. But it sounds like that's not a deal breaker for you because you are looking to pay it off as quickly as possible. But for everybody listening, before you decide to, to do something like this and refinance a, a federal student loan, read our article on howtomoney.com about student loan refinancing before you do it. There are a lot of ins and outs and a lot of particulars that you need to take into consideration. And there are certainly some cases where it makes more sense to, to stick with having your federal loan instead of refinancing 
financing because uh, of the rights that you have as a federal student loan holder. Uh, but still, it can make sense to refinance with a private lender, in particular if it means that you can pay off your loan more quickly while paying less interest. And in that article, Matt, we also talked about a couple of our favorite companies for people to consider doing a student loan refinance with. So we'll make sure to put that article in our show notes for this episode. Yes, we will, man. All right. Next up, we're going to take one on 401k distributions as well as increasing insurance rates. But first, let's take a quick break. I think there are a lot of folks who start small businesses and they're surprised at the amount of behind the scenes, the admin type work that they're not all that thrilled about. Getting your books together with uh, with some final figures so that you can file your corporate taxes, for instance. That's something we've been in the middle of. But it can really gum up the gears, potentially keeping you from doing the work you love. If this is you, you should know these three numbers. 37,000. 25 and 1. That's right. Yeah, 37,000. That's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. And one, because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for all of your KPIs, key performance indicators, in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need to grow, all in one place. There's a lot of power in the simplification of having all that information in one place. Helps you make better decisions. That's right. And right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash howtomoney. That's netsuite.com slash howtomoney to get your own KPI checklist. netsuite.com slash howtomoney. So we've mentioned on the show how we've got a Dominican trip coming up. We're going to celebrate, Joel, you and Emily. You're both turning 40 this year, so we're doing it up right. And a lot of listeners, they might have trips of their own planned. And sometimes those vacations can get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? Yeah, that's right. Why let it sit empty? When it can be earning extra income on your behalf, it's a smart and practical thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you have some extra space in your home. Maybe you have a whole house to host. Or maybe you're going on vacation and your home is just going to be sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. Yeah, I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you've got two options. You can either let it just sit there empty, or you can do some optimizing and make some money off of it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home, it might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. A big part of being a responsible adult is taking care of the things you care about. For instance, my bike that I ride in to work on. I keep the tires pumped. I keep the chain greased. Gone are the days of leaving your bike out in the rain for weeks at a time, like a kid. (laughs) Simply put, the things futures are built around are the things worth protecting. And making an estate plan now means gaining security of your assets and peace of mind for you and your loved ones. With Trust & Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $199. Go to trustandwill.com slash howtomoney for 10% off plus free document shipping. As the primary breadwinner for our family, I've taken the steps to ensure that Kate and the kids that they're going to be taken care of if something terrible happens to me. Each will or trust is state-specific and customized to your needs. Their simple step-by-step process guides you from start to finish with ease. So get the peace of mind you deserve by creating your estate plan with Trust & Will. Secure your assets and protect your loved ones with Trust & Will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash howtomoney. 
That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash howtomoney. And now a word from the show sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. All right, we're back from the break. And our next question is about taking a distribution from your retirement account. And this one comes from the Windy City. Hi, guys. This is Elizabeth in Chicago. I hope you and your families are well. I wanted to ask what you thought about taking a 401k distribution under the CARES Act. It looks like my company is offering this if you meet certain criteria. I understand there's no early withdrawal penalty, which is provided under the Act. However, it's not clear if you have to pay back the distribution or not. An example would be to take a small amount of my balance, say $10,000, to do some home improvements around my house that are not critical but do increase the value of my home in the long term. Thanks. Elizabeth, thanks so much for that question. And we hope that you are doing well too. And as much as I like renovating homes, uh, our quick answer is going to be that we're not a fan of you taking money out of your 401k, even though it's become easier to do so. The CARES Act, uh, it did away with a penalty for taking money out of your 401k early, specifically as a way to help people who do need to access that money uh, that they otherwise wouldn't be able to touch. And you you can take up to $100,000 out while avoiding that 10% penalty that you would normally incur. And you can pay the taxes over a three-year period as well. And so, you know, I say all these things and you might be thinking to yourself, like, this sounds pretty great, right? Slam dunk. Yeah. In reality, it's not something that we would recommend. Yeah. And that's ultimately because your money is best left in your account to grow for years to come. And in particular, home improvements is not a good reason to tap your retirement accounts early if you had lost your job. And this money would, would be needed to put food on the table. I think you know we'd be having a different conversation. But to do something like, like home improvements, it doesn't make sense to tap your retirement account, even just to take $10,000 out, despite the fact that it's become easier and less financially burdensome to tap that 401k right now. Right, if you really do want to do those home improvements... Matt and I would suggest a couple of other ways to tackle it. One is to make a goal to save up $10,000 and pay for those renovations in cash. You could even right now consider taking out a home equity line of credit and pay for the repairs that way. And bonus, rates are incredibly low on those right now. But we're just not fans of taking money out of your retirement account in order to get work done on your home. I know that the CARES Act and the ability to withdraw funds from your 401k have caused a lot of people to tap their retirement accounts. And lots of people just took that as a signal that now was a good time to take money out of retirement, in particular to to avoid those fees and pay the taxes over a multi-year period. But there are very few people who are going to be better financially served to take money out of their retirement accounts instead of just continuing to let it grow. Yeah. And one last thing, Elizabeth, uh, if you make renovations and make improvements to your home, make sure that you're doing them for yourself, right? Don't necessarily go into that thinking that you're going to be able to get that money out uh, when it does come time to sell that home. 
oftentimes the dollar amount that we put into our homes to improve it, that doesn't necessarily translate dollar for dollar when it comes time to sell. So make sure that those improvements are for you, not for the next owner of your house. All right, Joel, our next question is from a a listener who is seeing his homeowner insurance premiums skyrocket. So let's hear from him. Hey guys, my name is Pavel. I'm from Central Florida, work here as a police officer, and I have a question about uh, home insurance. I have a house mortgage, been paying it for about six years, have nine years left. And I noticed when I started with a house mortgage, my uh, home insurance used to be about $1,000 a year, then it went to $1,100. This year, my house insurance is $1,800. I have no idea what happened. I didn't file any claims. Maybe because I live in Florida and we have hurricanes once in a while, but used to be $1,000 a year, now it's $1,800. I messaged my insurance company or group that manages insurance companies, asked them to find me a better rate, and they told me they can't find anything cheaper. Do you think it's because Florida is a hurricane state, or you think I can still find a cheaper, better insurance at another places? Please let me know. Thanks. Love your show. Bye. Pavel, thanks so much for your question, man. And and thanks for being a police officer. It's really hard work right now. And so, yeah, we just want to wish you luck and please stay safe out there. Uh, Also, congrats, by the way, on getting a 15-year mortgage. Did you notice how he kind of snuck that in at the beginning of the question, Matt? He he has, what, nine years left? Nine plus six. Yeah. 15 years. Exactly. So that's huge. And and Pavel's going to have his home paid off way faster than most people are. That's for sure. And that's cause for celebration. So, yeah, before we get to your question, Pavel, just congrats on that, man. That's a big time financial feat. And so, Pavel, let's go ahead and first and address you know why you are seeing your rates increase. Uh, Florida, it's a tricky beast when it comes to home insurance uh, rates. They've been rising across the board in your state for years. You mentioned hurricanes, like yeah, they definitely have something to do with that. But there are other reasons for increased insurance costs as well. There has been a tidal wave of lawsuits against insurance companies as unscrupulous contractors have been combing neighborhoods, encouraging homeowners to fill out claims, even you know when they necessarily haven't been valid even. And so because of this, some insurers are ceasing operations in the state, um, or at least in some specific counties. And then when that happens, there's a lack of competition, which only drives up rates. Yeah. So hurricanes, part of the problem, not the whole problem. And if you are a homeowner in the state of Florida, you have definitely noticed that your homeowner's insurance, that the premiums have gone up quite a bit. So in addition to that lack of competition, Matt, that you just mentioned, for the insurers who are still insuring homes in Florida, it just costs more to do business too. And they're having to raise rates in order to remain profitable. The Tampa Bay Times actually reported that some insurance companies are requesting rate hikes ranging from 20% to 60%. And analysts say that basically Everybody in the state should expect at least a 20% increase in their homeowner's insurance costs this year. So, Pavel, it's not just you. It's actually everybody. (laughs) So, talk to your neighbors. You'll find out that they're having the same experience. Yeah, unfortunately, in Pavel's case, it sounds like he's maybe more on the 60% end of things, which totally sucks. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if that's comforting (laughs) or if that's just disconcerting that basically everybody in the state of Florida is going through this this same thing. But knowing the facts and knowing that it's happening to everybody, at least in part, at least helps you make sense of the situation. And then you know you said you asked your insurance company for a better rate, Pavel. But the thing that you need to do is shop with multiple insurers to to get a new quote. 
Rates can vary widely from insurer to insurer. So because of that, we like Policy Genius for shopping your homeowner's policy uh, and also reaching out to a local independent agent who can quickly shop with multiple insurers as well. Uh, in addition to that, too, you know there might be some other creative ways that you can reduce your premiums. Uh, you can raise your deductible. You can kind of bundle your policy with your auto insurance as well. And really just see what other discounts there are available to you. Maybe even being a police officer, there might be some discounts available to you uh, just because of your work. Yeah, I know my insurance agent has gotten annoyed at me through the years sometimes asking about what discounts are available. I basically like harangued her. <laughs> like, uh, what about where I went to college? What about this stuff? I mean, there are all sorts of discounts available. And so it's important to ask for them. And so much of the time, the discounts go to the people who uh, ask for it. And and this is definitely one of those cases where there are probably some discounts you're eligible for that you just haven't been notified of and, and all you got to do is ask. But hopefully those tips for, for shopping around, for asking about those discounts with your current insurer uh, can help you lower those costs. I know that's, uh, that's a pretty steep increase and that's a tough burden to bear financially. So best of luck to you and to all your neighbors and everybody in Florida there who's fighting these ridiculously high home insurance rates. All right, Matt, we got a couple more questions that we need to get to, including one listener who wants to know about getting a credit line increase and opening a new credit card. And we'll take that question and one more right after this break. So we've mentioned on the show how we've got a Dominican trip coming up. We're going to celebrate, Joel, you and Emily. You're both turning 40 this year, so we're doing it up right. And a lot of listeners, they might have trips of their own planned And sometimes those vacations can get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? Yeah, that's right. Why let it sit empty when it can be earning extra income on your behalf? It's a smart and practical thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you have some extra space in your home. Maybe you have a whole house to host. Or maybe you're going on vacation and your home is just going to be sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. Yeah, I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you've got two options. You can either let it just sit there empty, or you can do some optimizing and make some money off of it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home, it might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. I got my first life insurance policy almost a decade ago. And hey, I'm still kicking it. I very much hope that trend continues, Matt. And since then, I've actually added coverage via Policy Genius. And if you out there, you're listening and you're worried that this is going to be a massive pain getting life insurance, think again. Policy Genius made it an incredibly easy process. If you have loved ones who rely on you and your income, life insurance is a crucial part of your financial plan. Not only does it provide a financial backstop for your family, it also gives you peace of mind too. Plus, the longer you wait, the more rates go up because life insurance rates typically increase as you get older. So if this is something you've been putting off, it's time to make it happen now. That's right. Yeah. And even if you already have a life insurance policy through work, it may not offer enough protection for your family's needs, and it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Hey folks, it's Matt. 
I've got to tell you about something new I've been trying this year. I've been drinking a little Health Aid kombucha every day, and I feel amazing. It comes in so many delicious flavors, but my favorites so far are Pink Lady Apple and Ginger Lemon. So what exactly is Health Aid kombucha? Well, it is a fermented, bubbly, probiotic tea that's good for your gut. It's blended with real fruit juice, and it's super thirst-quenching, a little sweet and a little tangy, and very refreshing. I'm sure you've heard about the importance of gut health and supporting uh, your overall health. It's something I've read up on a good bit over the past year, which is why I've made Health Aid Kombucha a part of my everyday routine. Literally every afternoon, I'll have some. It's super easy, and it's affordable, too. My favorite grocery store, Aldi, they carry it as well. If you want to give it a try and see how great you can feel, look for the brown bottle with an anchor and make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Cachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Cachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Cachava. Just go to Cachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money all right joe we are back for the break we're taking listener questions and before we get to that question about credit cards and credit scores let's take one about an app that allows you to invest in new startups Hey guys, this is Jeff from Augusta, Georgia. First off, I wanted to thank y'all for all that y'all have done and the advice y'all give people. And I just really appreciate uh, what y'all do for everybody out there. I have a question about investing through a website called republic.co. I came across them um, and I wanted to uh, invest in a company called Wearwell, who I was contacted by through a nonprofit called Co-op for Education who helps support Guatemalan kids get through school and I was just um, curious if y'all think this is a safe company because I've never heard of it I've only seen six five-star reviews on Google and one article on Forbes and that's pretty much all the information I've been able to find Uh, Wearwell is a company that makes consciously made clothing and I would like to uh, help support them or get in on an investment opportunity with them. Let me know what y'all think about this and have a good one. Jeff, thanks for your question, man. And and thanks for saying thanks. We love doing this. It, it really is a whole lot of fun to get to talk about money with your best buddy. And also, too, Jeff sent us some beers recently. So, Jeff, big thanks for that, too. Yeah, if only we had uh, kind of been on our game a little bit, we could have enjoyed one of those beers while we answered his question. It would have been like he was sitting right here with us. We're so not thoughtful. Yeah. Well, actually, we just couldn't wait to drink those beers. So we, we <laughs> went ahead right. and made it happen. They were good. They were good. So. Beers don't keep as well as questions do. So. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> you can put a question on the shelf for a few months, but beers, you kind of need to get to them. So That's true. Uh, so, Jeff, let's get to your question. Speaking of which, uh, first, man, I, I love your desire to invest in, in companies that are doing good. 
But first, let's talk about this kind of investing, specifically startup investing. It's really, really risky. And most startups that are raising capital don't end up providing a big investor return. And 90% of startups overall, they end up failing. You'd be lucky to even get your initial investment back years down the road. Also, too, when it comes to investing in a startup, it's not some sort of liquid investment where you can always pull that money back, taking either a small loss or pulling some of that gain off the table. It's, it's one of those investments where your money is tied up for quite a bit of time, typically for quite a number of years. So you really have to be committed to it in order to look past those risks and still do it anyway. Yeah. So not only do we not recommend investing with a single company, we definitely don't recommend investing with a company that is just getting started. Uh, and so what do we recommend? And that is widely diversified index funds, Jeff. You probably have heard us say that before, but it's worth mentioning again. Uh, but Jeff, we wanted to specifically talk about Republic. There are other companies that have similar business models, uh, like WeFunder and Seed Invest. These different platforms allow you to even get started for as little as $10. And there are a lot of new businesses and startups out there that you can invest in uh, as a novice investor you know, through these sites, which is pretty cool. And the reason it is cool is because traditionally, you wouldn't be able to invest in these startups unless you were an accredited investor. And that means that you would have to have over $1 million of net worth. So yeah, that's that means, you, right? Right, Matt? Yeah, I was actually going to say you. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> You're the accredited investor at this table. Oh, please. <laughs> Maybe in like a few decades, but even if I were an accredited investor in like a couple decades, I would still be investing in widely diversified, low-cost index funds. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And Matt, let's talk too about fees because that's one of our reasons for talking about investing mostly in low-cost mutual funds is not only the diversification, but it's the low fees. And when you look into what fees are being charged on platforms like Republic, well, they claim that investing is free for investors. But Republic is making a chunk of 6% of the total funds raised, plus 2% of the securities offered in a successful financing deal. And that's a, that's a huge chunk of change. Given the shaky nature of investing in startups generally, and then the increased disadvantage that you're at when you consider those fees that are charged on the platform, it's just not how I would want to invest my money. Those fees make me wary. And I understand the need for them because Republic is essentially entering this new platform, this new way of investing. There, There's a lot of risk involved and they want a higher percentage commensurate with, with the risk. But as an individual investor, I, I would just be hesitant to, to pay those fees and to invest in that way. Yeah. Well, Joel, speaking of risk, that's something else we need to consider here as well. You know, Republic, they claim to, to vet the companies that are able to raise funding on their platform where they take only less than 5% of applicants. And Republic, they actually do a pretty good job on their site warning potential investors of the risks that exist you know, when you are investing in startups. You know, That's pretty impressive. They even specifically say on their site to, quote unquote, invest in a startup because you love their mission, product, or service, not just for potential profit or return. And I love that they put that on there because that is truly the proper way to think about it. You know, this isn't a guaranteed slam dunk return on investment. You know, where you're going to make a lot of money. Uh, it's there's a lot of risk involved. Yeah, but you know what, Matt? That's actually exactly what Jeff wanted to do. It sounds like he just really wanted to support this company that he believes in through investing in them. And so I can understand why he's drawn to it. It doesn't sound like Jeff thinks he's going to get rich making this investment in, in this startup. It's just because he he loves the company and wants to support them in what they're doing. 
And so I think that brings up the next point on how he should go about supporting a company that he actually believes in. Instead of investing in the startup you love, Matt, Matt, you and I would say to support them as much as you can in other ways, like buying what they're selling and then giving those items that that company sells as gifts to your friends and family. And then let other people know about the crucial mission that this company's on. Those are all ways that you can support a company that you believe in without investing in a high fee manner, hoping for a potential return. Hmm. So basically funding that mission from an investor standpoint, it's just not the best move. And But at the same time, considering you can get started for so little money, if you wanted to put a hundred bucks or, or 200 bucks towards it, it doesn't hurt to invest a little. I would just consider that more of a donation <laughs> that has uh, you know, some extra potential at the same time. But the biggest way is just to, to support that company in the traditional ways that you would support a company that you love. Nice, man. Those are some wise words. Totally agree with you there. Let's go ahead now and hear our last question for the episode. Uh, this one has to do with credit cards. Hi, Joel. Hi, Matt. This is Aoka from Grand Rapids, Michigan. I'm 25 and new to personal finance, so I'm trying to build my credit up. By looking up my credit score, what's bringing it down is my high credit usage. I didn't even know until finding your podcast recently that it was bad to spend 50% of your limit. I only have one Visa card and a store card that I opened a few months ago. I want to ask my bank for a raised credit, but how much do I ask for? I'm currently at 1000 Also, I want to get two new credit cards so I can have multiple lines of credit open, but when should I do that? Thanks for your help. Erica, great question, and congrats on getting into personal finance. It's a, it's an interesting world, <laughs> and you can go. It's interesting, but it's fun, right? It's like a like a slightly higher stakes version of maybe playing Monopoly or something because <laughs> it's real money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, and it's really. I, I think as someone who nerds out on it. I'm interested in delving deeper, and I hope that Erica feels the same way as she learns a little bit more. I think sometimes it can be frustrating that we have to learn as much as we do in order to kind of survive in the modern world, but I kind of take it as a challenge yeah. <laughs> to learn more. But uh, And two, yeah, Erica, using most of your available credit does weigh negatively on your score in a big way. Most people don't know that. So especially now, definitely don't charge more than $300 a month on that card that you have, and consider paying the balance maybe two or three times every month as well. I have a friend, Matt, who is personally so concerned with her credit score that even, I mean, even though she's in great shape, she pays off her credit card balance about once a week (laughs) just to ensure that she's hardcore. Yeah, exactly. Right. She just wants to do the most to make sure that her credit score isn't being negatively impacted by the spending that she's putting on her credit card, even though she pays it off in full every month. Right. And considering uh, the low limit that Erica has, that approach makes a lot of sense for her. That's true. Because we want to make sure she doesn't exceed that 30% utilization threshold, which won't be great for her score. Yeah, and so Erica, on asking for the, you know that credit line increase, uh, make sure that you have a multi-year history of on-time payments. You know, and if you've recently gotten a raise, maybe at work, uh, that's a great reason that you can easily justify your request as well. Also, you know, if you've been able to raise your credit score, uh, your credit card company will be more likely to respond favorably and increase that limit. Um, you know, and the, the worst they can say is no, uh, that won't hurt you in, in any way. And so one other part too, as far as how much, like I would personally take as much as they're willing to offer you. Essentially, the higher that you can get your credit line, uh, the lower your utilization rate will typically be. And that's only a boon for your credit score. 
Yeah, I completely agree. The only thing you have to be wary of, Erica, is spending too much on that credit card if your limit gets massively increased. And it sounds like since you're getting into personal finance, that's something you're going to avoid. Let's also talk about getting a new credit card. We think that's great as well. We think most people should have more than one card. They should probably have three or four. That's going to be the best case scenario for you when it comes to credit card rewards and diversifying those rewards too. So... But of course, again, that only makes sense if you're paying them off in full every month. If your score is pretty good, you'll want to apply for a card that offers those additional perks for spending in specific ways. If your score is relatively low, though, Erica, well, we would say consider going to your credit union to apply for a card there. Oftentimes, they're more lenient in giving their members access to credit cards. You can also look into getting this card called the Pedal Card, which doesn't check your credit score before uh, approving you. We'll link to that one in the show notes, but it's by far the best credit card at this point for people that do have lower credit scores. And of course, that's assuming, Erica, that you have maybe a lower credit score. But if you have a pretty decent credit score, you by all means, look to just a traditional credit card. Yeah, get the good ones like the City Double Cash or, or something <laughs> exactly. like that. And when it comes to applying for, for new cards, Erica, you'll probably want to wait about six months or you know, maybe a year between each credit card application. Uh, every time you apply, you'll get a ding to your credit score that will take some time to recover. And applying you know, for two or three cards in a short amount of time, that's going to be a red flag. Something else to consider as well is that if you're planning to finance a bigger purchase like a car or a home, right? if you're looking at getting a new loan anytime soon, be sure to avoid opening up any new lines of credit you know, within the preceding year if possible. So you don't want to open any of these new lines of credit before any of these big purchases because you want to make sure that your score is going to be rock solid. That way you get the best loan terms and the best interest rate possible. Yeah, one more kind of outside the box way to to look at helping your credit score is if you have a family member like a parent who has great credit, you can ask them if they'd be willing to make you an authorized user on one of their credit cards, preferably one that has a long standing history that they've had for 10 or 12, 20 years even. There are lots of credit savvy parents out there who do this for their kids in order to help them establish solid credit footing. This will quickly help your score rise. And it can be a great way to help your kids kind of get started on, on the right path when it comes to their credit standing. And Matt, we've talked about this so many times. Your credit score is one of those things that is so important in modern society. You need to pay special attention to it because it impacts everything from the rate you're going to pay on a mortgage or a car loan to the rate you might pay for, for homeowners insurance uh, as well. I mean, That's there's right. so many impacts of that credit score on your finances. And so I'm glad that Erica's thinking about this because taking a, a long, hard look at your credit score and working to improve it, it is definitely one of those important things to do when you're kind of setting out on your personal finance journey. Yeah, man, its implications are are pretty far reaching. All right, let's go ahead and shift gears now. Let's get back to the beer for this episode. Um, This is a beer, another one that Andy donated to the show. So Andy, thank you again for donating this one. He sent this one to us in a crowler. So that means he probably was there at the brewery uh, himself when they filled this one up, which is pretty cool. This one was called Berry Salty. This is a lightly fruited goza. And this one was brewed by Talisman Brewing Company. Joel, I'll let you take the first go at it. Uh, What were your thoughts on this beer, buddy? So it's called berry salty. So berry salty. Yeah, so not very. It, it really does kind of taste like uh, eating a raspberry with a little bit of sea salt on it, which is kind of what I was expecting actually based on the name and based on uh, you know the initial look of the beer and the smell of it and it was pretty spot on. I feel like they named it well. And I love raspberry beers and in particular with a little bit of that salt it rounds it out and kind of creates two different dynamics going on. I really enjoyed this one cuz it's like right up my alley. Yeah, and you also like putting salt on all of your fruit, don't you? <laughs> I No, I wouldn't say I necessarily <laughs> Actually, do that. But some people do that, right? Some don't, people. Uh, don't folks put salt on watermelon? 
Oh yeah, some people. I think do that's that. an actual thing. I don't even eat watermelon. So what? No, I don't like, like ever, ever, dude. What is wrong with you? I don't know. I don't like watermelon. Oh my gosh, watermelon's so good. I like most fruits, but watermelon just is not one of them. I don't. I don't think there's a single fruit that I don't like. I like all, <laughs> all the fruits, man. You uh, and my six year old get along. <laughs> you get along so well. Her and I were actually both fighting over some cherries the other day. So, <laughs> <laughs> so my thoughts, man. I really like this beer. It was. I felt it was lightly fruity. Sometimes I feel like raspberry beers can can kind of overdo it. I do enjoy raspberries, but only in moderation. I'll say that. But this was a goza, so that meant it had a, a slightly briny flavor to it. It almost makes this beer kind of savory, uh, and then that mixed with with this light kind of berry flavor to it it made me think of tomatoes plus the color it's kind of got got like this like light orangey kind of color to it kind of makes me think of tomatoes as well plus it's in the middle of summer and we've had some fresh tomatoes from our garden but because of that salt it almost gives this beer an umame kind of flavor you know about umame uh i've heard you use the term i'm not educated in the ways of umami is culinary terms (laughs) it's, it's one of those terms where it's like salty sweet sour bitter and it's like tomatoes and steak, like meat, are supposed to have this additional flavor. And they call it umame because it doesn't really fall in any of the other categories on okay. its own. Uh, it's like this sort of savory richness. And I feel like this beer totally has that, even though we can probably easily call it salty as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think my head is also thinking about tomatoes as well because I know tonight that we're going to have BLTs. And those tomatoes are going to be from the garden as well. So mm, this should be some particularly wonderful BLTs then. Yeah, and I actually probably will put a little bit of salt on my tomato. Not on my raspberries, though. I don't roll like that. Would you ever drink a beer that had tomatoes in it? Like, do you think that would be a wise thing to brew a beer with tomatoes? Hey, I'd try it. (laughs) I mean, because seriously, like, this beer really does take my palate down that path of of savory and kind of umami. You know, not to the point to where it feels like I'm like... You know, eating a, a steak or, or eating a tomato, but it, it just kind of reminds me of that a little bit. So, so I'm never going to knock anything until I try it. How about that? There you go. I'd give it a shot too. All right, Matt, that's going to do it for for this episode. Uh, for anybody who wants show notes for this episode, well, you can go to our website, howtomoney.com, and you'll get those there. Yeah, and we would also love it if you were a subscriber to the show. So if you haven't already done that, make sure you hit that button. And if you haven't left us a review over at Apple Podcasts, we would be incredibly thankful if you were to do that. Just head over to Apple Podcasts and search How to Money. Leave us a solid review over there and thanks in advance. So Joel, that's going to be it, buddy. Until next time. Best friends out. Best friends out. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. 
Hey, it's Matt here for Health Aid Kombucha. This bubbly probiotic tea blended with real fruit juice is deliciously thirst quenching and great for your gut health. Health Aid Kombucha comes in many flavors like Pink Lady Apple, Passion Fruit Tangerine, and Ginger Lemon, which is one of my favorites since it has that extra ginger kick. I'm a big fan, though the kids prefer the, the mango lemonade. It's organic, it's non-GMO, and a great alternative to sodas and other sugary drinks. Just look for the brown bottle with an anchor in your local stores. Give it a try today. Make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.